Kevin Markwick. Warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program.
The Police. From their monster-selling 1983 album, Synchronicity. That was Synchronicity 2. Oh, slick as always. So, thank you, Adrian, for the previous two hours of uh, soul music. Wonderful as always. So, tonight on a, um, frankly, nerve-wracking show, uh, we've got music from the Charlatans, uh, Dawn Gibson, Happiness, Smashing Pumpkins, Elbow, David Bowie, among others. I think you might have heard of him. Uh, And this week in the film section, we're uh, saddling up, eating our beans, and spending an hour on the dusty trail. It's Westerns. Morse. How the West was won, Open Range, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Destry Rides Again. And my particular uh, favourite, Blazing Saddles. So apply some ointment to those uh, saddle sore parts of you. Put your nose bag on and enjoy the show. Breezing through the rubber on the 4th of May I've been putting my head down so they can see my face I'll third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear Scream, I'ma get this now See my dreams and I've been dreaming of you, babe All day And I've been thinking of you, babe All day And I've been losing my mind to the thought of you and me all day And I've been looking for I'll be there soon Dancing through the streets Beneath the summer moon And I've been dreaming of you, babe All day And I've been thinking of you, babe
Tony Williams and the boat. Uh, they're from Tommy Joel's, those chaps. That's a great one. I like that a lot. Um, so uh, what I want you to do, if you're out there, hello, are you out there? Um, get in touch with the show. You can do that uh, on Facebook. There's a Kevin Markwick Show page. Uh, you can go to Twitter, hit me up on that, at Kevin Markwick, follow me on there, and uh, interact with the show that way. You can even email the studio, studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk, and you can even go and look at the webcam on the website at uckfieldfm.co.uk. Look at the back of my head. I say the same thing every week. Back of my head doesn't change, so why should what I say change? Hmm? Think about that for a moment while you listen to the charlatans. <laughs> Maybe I should just get the back of my head shaved. That surprised you all, wouldn't it?
trash eaten. Actually, because I'm shorter, I could probably, um, you know, it's. Uh, I should do the top of my head. I could sell advertising space because uh, you can't see the back of my head because I'm too short. But the top of my head, uh, you know, eat at Joe's or something. Wherever Joe's is. Uh, that's the Charlatans, uh, the first single from the new LP, Modern Nature, out on December the 1st. And the album actually lands in uh, January, on January the 26th. OK, it's time for one of these now. Kevin Marquick. It's new! Ting-a-ling-a-ling, ice pole. Lions made ice pole. Tops of ice pole. Squeeze up ice pole. Ting-a-ling-a-ling, ice pole. Taste it! Ting-a-ling-a-ling, ice pole. Fresh, cool ice pole. Orange flavor, strawberry flavor. Ting-a-ling-a-ling, ice pole. Buy ice pole. Happens! Get an ice pole now. Ting-a-ling-a-ling, ice pole. Morning, now I'm busy, sick and stone. When the 
Going Back Home, Wilco Johnson and Roger Daltrey from the album of the same name. That was uh, Wilco Johnson and Mick Green composition there. OK, so uh, we're going to keep on with the indie style music and um, then about half past, just after half past, we hit the Western film part of the show. This is Dawn Gibson in the beginning. <laughs> Fascinating sound and a fascinating mix too. Really, it's kind of got a bit of the Scott, you know, the uh, what are they call Walker Brothers about it. Dawn Gibson in the beginning. That's Dawn spelled D-A-U-G-H-N uh, from his uh, 2012 album uh, All Hell, which uh, is quite something. 
Right, what have we got next? Oh, happiness. This is good. It's called uh, It's On You. Remember when we broke into the park and you got laid and I watched and you said that was fine. You didn't like government or school You're so cool You just like Robin Hood I can't She was so right He said I'm an anarchist, communist, feminist, phlebotomist Yeah, right It's on you From the current LP Weird Little Birthday So you're listening to Kevin Marquick on Uckfield FM It's a Monday night What are you doing out there? Anything? Are you just lying there inert Listening to these amazing sounds? (laughs) I know I am Uh, But you can get in touch At Kevin Marquick on Twitter Email the studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk Or you can go on the Facebook page Whichever floats your boat, mate. Um, We're going to have some Smashing Pumpkins, then the ad break, and then uh, we're heading out. Okay? So I hope you're ready for that.
smashing pumpkins isn't it and I mean that in a good way from the upcoming LP Monuments to an Allergy released on December the 9th that's called Being Beige which they know all about round here I can tell you Okay, it's time for a break now. Kevin Markwick. 105, Uckfield FM. Here we are in the film part of the show. Does anybody know what that is? Can you tell me what that is? Write in, tell me what that is. <laughs> I'm setting you a challenge. It's quite easy, really. Uh, OK, the Western, a staple of cinema since its invention. In fact, uh, it was the first uh, significant uh, narrative film. Uh, the first significant narrative film was The Great Train Robbery in 1910, uh, a short 10-minute Western that introduced many of the techniques of cinema, such as location shooting and editing to the world. Um, the Western ultimately fell out of favour sometime in the early 1970s, probably. Uh, all Westerns, that is, apart from the popular revisionist, elegiac Westerns of Don Siegel or Clint Eastwood. Uh, 
The reason for its demise has been picked over many times by people who know far more about it than I do, but I suspect what really happened was the genre was absorbed by all the others. You know, as we all know, Star Wars is as much Western as it is science fiction or adventure. Still, a 60-year run's not bad. Uh, let's see if superheroes can keep going that long, you know? Underpants over your trousers, nonsense. Uh, an attempt to do Western's justice in an hour would be folly, so I've simply picked out some of my favourites, uh, a few of which barely qualify as Westerns, actually. <laughs> Um, because actually the Western can bear an enormous number of different types of stories, cliches, etc., uh, etc. Et so here's a great big uh, thing of a Western to get us off on the trail. Newman's main theme from How the West Was Won in 1963. A great 
big, daft, lumbering freight train of a movie. Weighing in at a hefty 162 minutes, it was one of only two films shot in the enormous widescreen process of Cinerama and directed by no less than three of American cinema's greatest directors of westerns, Henry Hathaway, George Marshall and probably the greatest one of all, John Ford. And they all hated the process. Uh, it was this kind of... We've covered this on the show before a couple of seasons ago. Uh, basically, there were three cameras shooting three strips of film, which were then projected on an enormous Cinerama screen. So it was basically three times as wide as the normal picture uh, at that time. And, of course, it, what it meant was that everything kind of disappeared down to this vanishing point in the middle of the picture. And uh, it was very difficult to do... You couldn't do close-ups on it. It was ridiculous. Uh, so absolutely midriff was the... <laughs> was the closest you could get and they also had to uh, rearrange the eye line of all the actors because the the deep curve of the cinerama screen meant that uh if if the you know an actor was on this side of the screen on the left hand side of the screen and the actor on the right hand side of the screen when they were shooting it the actor on the left would have to look <laughs> kind of to the right of the actor they were talking to otherwise on the on on when it was projected they wouldn't be able to tell uh you know the eye line would be wrong so it's kind of bonkers really it was very successful for a while, but inevitably it was just too cumbersome to survive. Um, and if How the West Was Won was a great big folly, uh, then The Antidote, really, is another John Ford-directed film, uh, My Darling Clementine from 1946. Now, for my money, for what it's worth, it's actually one of his greatest. Basically, it's the familiar story of the gunfight at the OK Corral. Henry Ford is Wyatt Earp and Victor Mature is Doc Holliday. The great Walter Brennan is Newman Clanton. Is it Clanton? No, it's Clayton, isn't it? Is it Clayton? Maybe they call him Clanton in that one. Uh, the wide open and sharp sunlit Monument Valley is the backdrop and the calm assurance of Henry Fonda's performance is mesmeric. Um, the evocation of a frontier land racked with violence and death is in brilliant contrast to the townsfolk trying to form a new peaceful place to raise their families. And even an old ham like Mature gives a wonderfully layered performance as the tortured Doc Holliday, who finds redemption among the good guys. Uh, there's not a lot of music in the film, uh, and this is the opening credit music. Uh, very short and sweet, but uh, evocative nevertheless. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling Clementine. You are lost and gone forever. Dreadful song. My Darling Clementine from the John Ford film uh, of 1946. Did we decide? Oh, goodness me. Yes, 1946. See, if I'd have just kept going, <laughs> I could have convinced you I knew. I do know what I'm talking about, really. 
Okay, so no program on westerns would be complete without mention of the partnership between Sergio Leone and Ennio Morricone. Uh, Morricone was Leone's regular composer, and of course, uh, the Dollars trilogy was probably their most famous collaboration. However, the score for Once Upon a Time in the West in 1968 took it to a whole new level. Leone's extraordinary, almost impressionistic western is inconceivable without Leone's haunting score. So important was Morricone to Leone's working methods that Morricone actually wrote the score before shooting began and Leone would use the music on the set during the shoot. It remains one of the most influential films ever made, with many of its flourishes copied by the likes of Robert Zemeckis and Quentin Tarantino. Uh, this is the man with the harmonica, who of course was the gnarly-faced Charles Bronson.
part of uh, Sergio Leone's um, Once Upon a Time in the West, the score by Ennio Morricone. Almost as bonkers as the film itself. It was quite something, though, wasn't it? It went on a bit. <laughs> no, you can't say that. It's a classic Western. Uh, what was it 166 minutes, two hours, two hours, 46 minutes? It, it, it took its time, that's for sure. Now, um, having confidently said that Westerns died sometime in the 70s, uh, that doesn't mean we still don't see them from time to time. Uh, generally, someone convinces the money men it's a good idea, they spend lots of money, and it tanks at the box office. Um, and that puts paid to Westerns again for another few years, and then they do it again. <laughs> now, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're the Lone Ranger. Anyway, one good one was uh, Andrew Dominic's wonderful and snappily titled 2007 film The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, the Languorous Place, it's another long one, actually. Uh, was it three hours or so? Something like that. And the use of authentic language sets up an almost dreamlike narrative uh, that's perfectly complemented by uh, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis's beautiful score.
Nick Cave and Warren Ellis's music from the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's called uh, Last Trip to KC. Uh, it makes me want to see the film again. Always the sign of a really good score. It makes me want to go home and watch it right now. Wonderful, wonderful uh, film. It was. It was 160 minutes. But it looks amazing. Uh, okay, so we're going to have a break. And when we come back, some more, slightly more flippant Western malarkey. Kevin Markwick. Arizona moon keeps shining from the desert sky above. You know, pretty soon that big yellow moon will light the way back to the one you love. Blue shadows on the trail. Little cowboy, close your eyes and dream. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream on. Someone shadows on the trail Soft wind blows through the trees above All the other little cowboys Back in the bunkhouse now So close Night, Dusty. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Lucky. Good night, Dusty. Come <laughs> wonder, it's so irresistibly silly. 
Uh, Blue Shadows from John Landis's 1986 comedy western The Three Amigos. Uh, that was Steve Martin, Chevy Chase and Martin Short. It was a rather hit-and-miss affair, but it yielded some funny scenes, not least that one, as the three friends settled down for the night around this outrageously studio-bound campfire. Uh, it still makes me smile. Now, in 1970, it looked like the Western was back on top when Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid became a monster box office hit all over the world. In truth, it was as much about the performances of two high-wattage movie stars at the top of their game and William Goldman's sparkling, witty script than it was because it was a Western. Uh, in fact, Butch and Sundance are such, an, uh, such agreeable people to be around, it could have been set anywhere. However, the Western conventions, when they are used, are brilliant. Not least the protracted chase sequence when Butch can't work out who are those guys and the score was equally irreverent by uh, Butt Bacharach.
the old fun city uh part of Burt Bacharach's score for George Roy Hill's uh 1970 film Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when I say let's go someplace like Bolivia, let's go someplace like Bolivia. Uh, of course, the three of them, uh, George Roy Hill, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, uh, was such a, um, a successful combination. They got together again in 1973 for The Sting, which was uh, equally, equally as uh, entertaining, I thought. Now, uh, what are we doing next? Let's have a look at the list of glory. So... Um, one of the most agreeable light westerns is uh, Destry Rides Again, directed in 1939 by George Marshall and starring James Stewart as the sheriff of Bottleneck, who restores law and order despite his refusal to wear a gun. Uh, Marlena Dietrich is wonderful as Frenchie, uh, the salon singer who pays a high price for siding with Tom Destry. Almost certainly bears no relation to life in the Old West, but it's great fun and we get to see Marlena Dietrich do her thing. I don't want to miss this. I'll finish with you later. Fantastic stuff. Marlena Dietrich doing her thing uh, from Destry Rides Again in 1939. A really tremendous, fun uh, Western. Now, a film which is probably as responsible for the demise of the traditional Western as any other cultural shift was Mel Brooks' 1974 comedy spoof Blazing Saddles. So accurately does it lovingly lampoon the conventions of the Hollywood Western that it actually well and truly put them to bed. Um... Everything from Hannah off at the pass to the charging posse uh, right into the sunset and the lightning fast washed up gunfighter. It was also uh, a brilliant commentary on racism. Uh, 
Uh, the screenplay was by Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor, and it's a thing of efficient beauty, and the interplay between Cleavon Little's Black Sheriff and Gene Wilder's Waco Kid is a joy. Outside of With Nell and I, it must be the most quotable film in history. Uh, the opening song is a spot-on pastiche of all the songs that would open westerns, particularly uh, in the 1950s, uh, you know, all that kind of high noon sort of stuff. Uh, but in the light of Destry Rides again, let's hear from the wonderful, wonderful uh, Madeleine Kahn doing her brilliant Marlena. <laughs> Here I stand, the goddess of desire, set men on fire, I have this power. Morning, noon and night, it's drink and dancing, some quick romancing, and then a shower. Stage door Johnny's constantly surround me, they always hound me with one request. Who can satisfy their lustful habit? I'm not a rabbit. I need some rest. I'm tired, sick and tired of love. I've had my fill of love from below. And above Tired Tired of being admired Tired of love uninspired Let's face it, I'm tired I've been with thousands of men Again and again They promised the moon Always too soon. <laughs> I'm tired, tired of playing the game. Ain't it a crying shame? I'm so tired. God damn it, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Hello, cowboy. What's your name? Tax, ma'am. Tax, ma'am. Tell me, tax man, are you in show business? No. Well, then why don't you get your friggin' beat up? <laughs> Hello, handsome. Is that a ten-gallon hat, or are you just enjoying the show? <laughs>
she's pooped. I've been with thousands of men again and again. They sing the same tune. They start with Byron and Shelley, then jump on your belly and bust your balloon. Everything below the waist is kaput. Meet me in my dressing room. <laughs> I think, actually, uh, I haven't counted it up, but I'm pretty sure Blazing Saddles is the film we have shown at our cinema and upfield more times than any other. Not the number of performances but the number of bookings. It played endlessly through the 1970s. Various double features. Originally it went out with a film called Elvin Purple, um, which some of you may have seen, an Australian comedy, sex comedy. And it played with Freebie and the Bean. It played with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That double feature, that was the biggest, biggest success of them all. Huge. We uh, had a cinema in Eastbourne and it played the whole summer, that one double feature. And the film was already eight or nine years old. Remarkable stuff. Okay, so you're listening to the Kevin Markwick Show. It's Monday night on Uckfield FM. We're having a trawl through uh, some of my favourite westerns and music from those. Uh, so we'll have a break now, and when we come back, <laughs> uh, a musical western. Probably a bad idea. A film probably more hated than loved, but, you know, well, we'll see.
Mud can make you prisoner and the plains can bake you dry. Snow can burn your eyes, but only people make you cry. Home is made for coming from, for dreams of going to. Which with any luck will never come true. Star by Lee Marvin from the 1969 Western musical. There's an oxymoron. Paint your wagon. Uh, you know, it could have been worse. I could have played Talk to the Trees by Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood singing wasn't a good thing. What a strange film it was. It was a great big lumbering, expensive film uh, directed by Joshua Logan uh, and starring Lee Marvin, Clint Eastwood, and the wonderful Gene Seberg. It was, and the music's by Lerner and Lowe, you know, the people that gave us My Fair Lady and Camelot and all those kind of great musicals. It was a strange thing. It wasn't a success at all. Paramount lost their boots on it. Um, but I've always had a soft spot for it. I had the soundtrack album when I was a kid and I saw it actually at the old Astoria cinema in Brighton, which is still there, derelict. Um, in 70mm it was the first time I'd seen 70mm so I'd have been what uh, probably came out in 1970 in the UK uh, so I'd have been 8 years old and it just I was absolutely I mean to this day I remember walking in there and then the, the tabs the screen curtains coming back and this enormous 70mm screen this beautiful beautiful image um, but I know it's equally equally loved and equally hated 
but and actually much of Clint Eastwood's output subsequently has been um, you know an attempt to try and avoid the terrible terrible over budget wastefulness of films like Paint Your Wagon that's why he film, um, formed his own production company Malpaso so that he wouldn't have to put up with that kind of profligate spending anymore that Paramount uh, indulged in uh, anyway so what next uh, let's have a look at this oh here we go this is a good one um let me see if I can find it on the right... Uh, here we go. So, uh, oh, I've always found Kevin Cosner a rather colourless presence on screen. That's a good sentence to start with. <laughs> it's not selling it to you, is it? Uh, with his bland, upright, stoic personality after huge success in the 1980s as the star of Jufk, Jufk? JFK and The Bodyguard, amongst others. He took a big fall when he made two massive turkeys in a row, Waterworld and The Postman uh, I was going to say it was rings twice, wasn't it? It was just the postman, wasn't it? In the mid-90s. So, when he made the rather successful Western Open Range in 2003, it was seen as something of a comeback. Uh, he also directed, and it was actually the kind of part he does best, slightly colourless and stoic. So all good there. Uh, Robert Duvall gives a predictably great performance as Boss Spearman, an open-range cattleman, fighting for his rights against the evil land baron Denton Baxter, played by a sneery Michael Gambon. Uh, the film's climax is really well staged. Uh, it's a long gunfight in the old tradition, you know, with people clutching their chest and falling off the saloon, and it's kind of protracted as well. It kind of goes on and on uh, beyond beyond the normal length and works brilliantly. Uh, the beautiful wide open landscapes uh, are captured uh, uh, brilliantly by J. Uh, Michael Murrow's cinematography and Michael Kamen supplies a suitably western score.
Michael Kamen's score for uh, Kevin Costner's 2003 Western Open Range, which, uh, again, that makes me want to see the film again. Oh, this is great. Now, um, my timings are a bit up the wall, uh, and I had a few techie problems bringing all the stuff that I needed for the show into our system. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break and because there's one more piece of Western music that I really want to play you before we finish. So I'm going to eat into the other part of the show um, with uh, one last track from Westerns. Uh, so we'll have a break and then we'll uh, do the last half hour of the show. All right. Kevin Markwick. So it's uh, westerns. We're gonna we're gonna kill it off one more track um, because I just felt we couldn't really do westerns without at least uh, one raising a Stetson to Clint Eastwood. Uh, although we just already did, didn't we? And blinking paint your wagon. Anybody think I was making this stuff up as I went along? Uh, Eastwood has been in some of the best westerns ever made, not necessarily including Paint Your Wagon. Um, be they spaghetti westerns of Leone or the hard-nosed films of Don Siegel. Uh, he was also a mainstay of television westerns as well, starring as Rowdy Yates in the long-running Rawhide. Uh, Unforgiven, I think, remains his masterpiece, but I thought I'd leave you with the outlaw Josie Wales, his 1976 revenge western set against the backdrop of the end of the American Civil War. Uh, Wales is a complex character, in many ways more sophisticated and fleshed-out version of uh, His Man With No Name from the Dollars trilogy. Uh, however, the score by Jerry Fielding is great and uh, was rightfully nominated for an Academy Award.
The War's Over, part of Jerry Fielding's Oscar-nominated score for Clint Eastwood's 1976 film The Outlaw Josie Wales, which brings us to the end of the Western section of the show. I'm just so, so sorry we couldn't uh, find the time for Carry On Cowboy. Uh, so we've done sci-fi, we've done war, we've done westerns. We've got four more shows to go. What should we do next? I don't know. I'll decide before next Monday. Or perhaps you could... Uh, Give me some ideas at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, on the Facebook page, The Kevin Markwick Show, or however um, you want to get in touch. All right, here's David Bowie.
hasn't happened to us for a while, has it? Has that happened this season? I don't think it has. I don't know why it does that. It's part of the importy thing. It just cuts the end off it. Soog. You know, we're waiting for the suffragette. There you go, you got it anyway, you got my version of it. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, so we got a couple more tracks. Let's have a look. We got Wolf Alice, Bar Brothers, and then Elbow to take us out, and then it'll all be over for another week. And given the um given the technical ability I've shown this evening, that's probably quite a good thing. Okay, here's Wolf Alice. Alice from the uh, Creature Songs EP, which came out uh, May this year. Lovely stuff. Now, uh, I'm going to play some Bar Brothers. I know I've played this a few times, but one or two of the tracks I had planned, uh, I think I planned some Bonnie Ver for this section, 
but I couldn't get it to ingest into the system. So uh, I had the Bar Brothers lying around, and I love it anyway, so I'm going to play it. So there, it's my show. I can do what I like. Brothers, even the darkness has arms. My goodness, I love that. 
and I haven't got my tickets for the Brighton gig in January, and I will kick myself uh, around the <laughs> car park at Luxford's or something if I don't if I don't get them. Uh, and hello to podcast assist. Hello to the podcast listeners. If you're listening on the podcast, I love you loads and loads. Thank you for downloading. Pass the word on. Um, let's try and get the show out there. Get it up to six people. That's <laughs> no, a few more than that. Um, and I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for anything you've got to say about the show uh, at Kevin Markwick on Twitter or on the Facebook or any other way, really. Pop a note under the door at the cinema. <laughs> Ask me to stop. OK, we're going to take a break and uh, we're going to finish the show with... Uh, is it my favourite elbow track? It might be. It just might be. So that's that old nonsense over for another week. I'm going to leave you with uh, the mighty elbow from Leaders of the Free World in 2005. This is Great Expectations. I'll see you next week. Love you all. Bye. And if it rains all day Thank